So let's begin with acute respiratory disorders. Um, these acute conditions in under here, these are conditions that are very acute. They come in abruptly, and they will need acute intervention. They will need prompt care in order to see the patient. They are not long-lasting condition, but they can be. They can cause a lot of complications if you don't care for them appropriately. So they include. You have uh, rhinitis, sinusitis, influenza, and you have pneumonia. These are the most common acute respiratory conditions. Let's begin with rhinitis. Now, um, in rhinitis... I'm only going to ask questions. Yeah, go ahead. Can pulmonary embolization can be acute respiratory disorder? No. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, now, rhinitis is the inflammation of the nasal mucosa, and often the mucosa in the sinuses that can be caused by infection or allergies. So when those areas are infected by other like bacteria or viral condition or even in the case of allergy or allergies like pollens and other things in the winter uh, when the season is changing like in spring they can cause uh, rhinitis um, the common cold causa is caused by virus spread from person to person in the droplet form like when you sneeze that's how you share the um, you share the virus that, that comes from common cold. Um, rhinitis and common cold, they are, the cold exists. I mean, there are two different conditions, but they, they can be in the same period, the same time. They are co-existing, they are co-existing conditions. I mean, they are co-mobility, co-mobility conditions we know about. Um, it is all, um, it could be acute, it could be chronic, so it could be both acute and chronic, depending on the origin of where you got yours from and how you are managing the symptoms. It could be acute, it could be chronic condition. Now, what is important under here is when you have uh, this rhinitis, there will be increased white blood cells. You will know that in bacterial there will be increased blood pressure. In the case of viral, there will be decrease or no changes in the blood cell level. There will be nasal congestion. There will be sneezing. There will be itchy and watery eyes. There is going to be uh, low-grade fever. And there will be other things that the patient will do that is not just normal, about their normal behavior when they have rhinitis. So you're gonna make sure you're gonna encourage bed rest for rhinitis. Drink enough fluid. Um, make sure you provide home humidification to stay cool indoor. Because going outdoor with the condition, it also it just helps to exacerbate the condition. Um, promote personal disposal of tissues and anything they're gonna to use to cough, to sneeze, clean their nostrils. They should be able to dispose it in a place that, that can be trashed and that would not affect other people. That's how this condition can be contagious. They can take, they can take 
meds such as they can take the leukotriene modifier, leukotriene modifier, they can take leukotriene modifier, they can take mast cell stabilizer at this stage. Know what are the examples of leukotriene modifier? Know what are the function of the drugs leukotriene modifier in the NCLEX? If you have a leukotriene modifier in your NCLEX, will you know what medication it, it is? Now, you've come across the medication a lot of time, or you've not taken not taken some time to, to look at it and know what it is or what are the symptoms for this condition. So please look at leukotriene, uh, I mean like this, this, uh, this medication. So the leukotriene modifier look at that also the mass cell stabilizer look at it it is also another kind of medication that help to stabilize a patient in the case of they are having rhinitis we can also administer antihistamine medication uh can also help in, in the situation when they have rhinitis like in the case of a uh, getting in rhinitis we can give this medication we can, we can get we can also get decongestant Okay, I'm using decongestant such as like a, they have like a phenethylamine. Can also be given as, as decongestant is phenylephrine. Uh, phenylephrine can be given as decongestant. It causes blood vessel constriction and it decreases edema. Phenylephrine it causes it, it, it causes blood vessel constriction. Blood vessel constriction meaning this simply means a patient who is having angina myocardial infarction they cannot take this pill because it's going to cause more problem because it will cause vessel constriction which can cause complications um they can also take antibiotic for fever they can take antibiotic if they're having bacterial infection Any question on sinusitis? Um, I'm sorry, on on rhinitis. Then we we'll see pneumonia. Pneumonia is one of the, those lungs condition that we that have lived up for a long period of time. Despite there have been treatment for pneumonia, but yet still many people die when they have pneumonia. Now, pneumonia is an intermediate lungs condition in which the lungs produces uh, excess fluid. The fluid stays in the lungs and creates a condition. That's how we call pneumonia. So pneumonia is fluid accumulated in the lungs. When there is fluid in the lungs a lot, it causes pneumonia. Now, in this in this condition, um, it can be triggered by other organisms. Like when you ask, like other things, like when you add a fluid, you were feeding the baby, baby activated the fluid. That fluid the baby activated and went into the lungs, it can cause pneumonia. And that becomes what we call the activation of pneumonia. So a baby who activated his or her food and the food went into the lungs, or the, the food was activated, these babies will have a condition called activational pneumonia. Aspirational pneumonia. They will have that. They were eating, then the 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 fluid they were drinking or the fluid in the food was in, into their lungs. 
It can have sufficient pneumonia. Now, if it is not managed properly, it can be a fatal condition. Now, um, then we have there are three there are two types of pneumonia basically. You have the CAP and the HAP in the honor different of pneumonia. Now in the CAP pneumonia, we call it community acquired pneumonia, meaning you are still at home, you got pneumonia while you while you are home. That becomes the CAP community acquired pneumonia. The next step is the HAP. This becomes the healthcare link pneumonia. This is the healthcare link, meaning you are a health practitioner, uh, you, you are a healthcare provider. Why in the of all people in the hospital, you got pneumonia? That becomes an HAP. If you're not in the hospital, you're in a community and you have pneumonia, that becomes the CAP. It is called a community acquired pneumonia. Now, um, the HAP has a higher mortality rate, meaning patients can die from it a lot. Uh, it takes 24 for eight hours from the time you, from the time the patient is exposed to acquire the symptoms of HAP. Any question on pneumonia? Any question on pneumonia? Then we look at sinusitis, sinusitis. We all have heard about the war. Sinusitis. Can someone tell me what is what is it? Now, asthma is a chronic inflammatory disorder. So, asthma is a chronic inflammatory disorder that. Uh, results in intermittent and reversible airflow obstruction um, of the bronchioles. So there are two ways asthma affect the bronchioles, either by inflammation or the bronchial become hyper responsive to like a external forces like in the case of pollens, allergens and other things, then the, the air will become hyper responsive to, to, to those things which can cause asthmatic attack. So asthma can occur at any age along the way. Um, the symptoms of asthma include there will be edema within the breathing pathway, there will be bronchial constriction, there will be excessive mucus production. So there are three things happening in asthma at the same time. One, there will be inflammation. Two, there will be bronchial constriction. And three, there will be what we refer to as a, there will be excessive mucus production. There will be excessive mucus production. Or occur. Um, At once, there will be inflammation. The bronchus will become inflamed. They will become narrow. Then there will be mucus being produced along the bronch along the pathway, and that's why we treat asthma with two or three or more 
different medication at once. Now, um, when we have asthmatic conditions, it can be caused by trigger like air pollutants, like strong odor or perfume can cause asthmatic attack, cockroaches, animal dander, the grass, the trees in the area, like the paint, a lot of things can cause asthma. There are some pills, some medications that can cause asthma also, like aspirin. Aspirin can trigger asthma. Aspirin, what else do we know about? What else pills we know about that like can trigger asthma? What else drugs we know about? What else medication? Uh, really yesterday I saw they said bitter blockers too can trigger you. Yeah. So bitter blockers, yes, they can trigger asthma. And what are the bitter blockers? Um, I'm not the The Timor law, the metoprolol, law, propanol law, atinol law. Those are all bitter blockers. The LOL, they are asthmatic triggers. What else again? The NSAID medication. What are the NSAID medication? Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. Naprosine. They are all. They can all trigger asthma. Then we have the ones we call the cholinergic medication. Cholinergics. What example of these medications? Can someone? Can someone tell me example of the cholin? Medics uh, medication. Is that the atropine medication? Hmm. This atropine. Atropine. Are you sure of it? Is she? Is she correct? We have anti. Cold medic, and we have cold cold cold. Calling or magic medication. Is someone give us an example for these medications? All right, so you can. Those medication are the one I need to try. Uh, that's why. I, that's why I want. I want to know. That. That's what I'm asking. I'm um, asking. Okay. I, I'm. I'm not sure. That's what I'm asking question. If those are the medication you're talking about, because they're anti. Uh, so we have the one that are called cholinergic agents. Any drug that are called anti and the drug itself are not the same drugs. If we say these drugs, they are cholinergic medication, and then if we say they have a lot of what they call anti cholinergics, then there are two different things happening in there. All right, you can look at, you, you can look them up. Now, 
we have this all these drugs can cause uh they can cause um asthmatic problem so that means on your ankles if a patient had an asthmatic attack the doctor gave you a prescription of various medications and they asked you which one would the nurse question you question the coordinating medications you question the NSAID you question the beta blockers you question all the acetic the one that contains acetic acid like the aspirin you question all of them because they are all wrong to be administered in the case of asthmatic conditions um for patients who have asthma want to teach them how to administer nebulizer nebulized uh treatments like inhalers and other things while teaching how to, how to administer them now there are on assessment there are four kind of kinds of kinds of asthma based on assessment we have the mild intermittent asthma the symptoms occur less than twice a week so when it's mildly intermittent the patient will have less than less than two times asthmatic symptoms in the beginning in the whole week they might have one or less than two or maybe like two in the whole that become they are mildly intermittent now another tip is the mild persistent if it is mildly persistent mean they will have symptoms that will come in more than twice a week mean they will have more than two symptoms occur in a week time if it is mildly intermittent meaning they will have less than two in a week if it is mildly persistent they will have more than two in a week then we have moderate persistent if it is moderate if it, if it is persistent moderately meaning they will have daily symptoms can occur in other symptoms in a week so they will have one they will have everything they will have once in a curve to cause asthma for them but in a week time they might have one increase something that will carry on to, that will make it to have a lot of exacerbation so 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 they might have one something that will occur like the like 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 uh, they might have a uh, fast breathing they might have dyspnea once every day number within the week time they will have one attack that will create a huge ex ex uh, that will create a huge uh problem for them in this situation now what is important here is we have the severe one now the severe one um it occurs continuously and there is frequent problem meaning there is frequent the word we use is frequent exacerbation now in the severe one they will have it every day and there will be increased daily uh asthmatic symptoms that will be Exacerbated by other conditions or by other symptoms or by other triggers in the environment. Now, if they are having the moderate persistent one, they will have daily symptoms, but they will have once a week attack that will be a huge exacerbation. That's what happened in the case of uh, this this uh, this type. Now, in this asthmatic condition. <coughs> I'm most I'm, I'm mostly concerned about something that I'm going to, that I'm going to discuss here. Asthma, most people know asthma and asthma treatment, uh, asthma management. What we don't know is the medication that comes with asthmatic treatment, the asthmatic treatment medic or uh, the medication we use to treat asthma, to treat to, to, to treat asthma. There are different drugs. Now each one of these medications got different function. Remember we said asthma can cause inflammation, can cause 
constriction of the bronchi, it can also create mucus within the bronchi. So because of these three reasons, we gotta treat them with well treat the animal with three different medication classes or more. Some will fight on the inflammation, some will fight to dilate the bronchial, some will fight to create to clear out the mucus within that area. Now, better stay. When we have asthma, we're gonna have dyspnea, we'll have tightness of our chest, and we can have anxiety or stress because you cannot breathe. You want to breathe, your breast cannot just rest. Because of that inability to breathe adequately, you begin to have anxiety, you have a problem coming in when you're having asthma condition. The people will have wheezes when they have asthma. Why is the wheezes coming in? Because there will be verbal construction. So the, the narrow of the air will create wheezes. Then they're going to have mucus secretion. They will have sputum coming up because they are having excessive mucus formation or, or mucus production. So they will have that. They will have prolonged exhalation. If you have asthma, you will have a longer breathing out than breathing in. So you will have a prolonged exhalation compared to inhalation. So patients with asthma, they breathe out longer time than they will breathe in. So they will breathe because the, because the lungs does not have the, the vacuum, the freedom to put in more O2 because the lungs airway is congested. The lungs is so the lung few are all like occupied. All the lungs lobes, the alveolar are all occupied. So when you breathe in, there is no way to put in enough odor. So, so your breath, your your your, your breathing inspiration will be will, will be shorter than the expiration. So you have longer breathing out period, which is called the exhalation, than inhalation with asthmatic patient. Let's remove that very that's an anchor that, that, that is a very good anchor point. Now they will, they will have a low SAO2, meaning they will have a low O2 saturation. They are going to have a barrel chest or increased chest diameter when they hit because they will breathe, they will keep pumping the chest coming down, and that will increase the chest diameter because of the asthmatic problem they are, they are going through. We'll do the ABGs to, to check for asthma. Yes, we'll do ABGs, the arterial blood gases. And we'll find there will be hypoxemia. We'll, there will be hypoxemia. We'll do the ABGs. There will be hypo. Uh, there will be hypocarbia, meaning there will be decreased PaCO2 within the blood, less than 35 millimeter uh, per megrain. Then they will also have hypercarbia. They will have increased PaCO2. So when you have hypocarbia, you are having decreased O2 or uh, CO2 in the body. When you have hypercarbia, you are having increased CO2 in the body. Any questions so far? Now under here, my concern becomes the treatment for asthma condition. The treatment. How do we treat this asthmatic conditions? We brought all this one or two or three times with this class. Yet still, we're gonna find it hard to answer questions about these medication when it comes to asthma. Now, in asthma medication, we have uh, one the short acting, the short acting, the SABA S A B A. We have the LABA L A B A. 
let us call it around the time. Now, this LAB is the SAB is a short acting beta agonist, short acting beta agonist for the SABA. For this medication, they are short acting and uh, they are like uh, they are beauty raw. So, a patient is having uh, a way attack will give them a video on the scene because a video is short acting it's very fast acting and it comes in a place and open up the airway in a second that's how it functions that's why a video will fall on a short acting beta agonist a beauty raw so a beauty raw falls on here it's one of the short acting beta agonist medication on here then we also have um we also have the other ones we call the anti medication. Um, now you have another one we call the anti-colonizer medication. Can someone give me an example of this medication? anti medication. Can I say, uh, is it aminophilin? Aminophilin? Yeah. I may not be pronouncing it good. I don't know. Now, look them up. Now, another one here is called the metazantine. Metazantine. So you have, um, all these medications here, they are commonly called bronchodilators. They are bronchodilators. They are they are group of medications, meaning they, they, they are just classes that we call them the bronchodilators. They are the beauty raw, which is a short acting. Um, you have the short acting, and the anti the anti or medication, metazantines. You have the long acting. Then you have the long acting. They are all what we call bronchodilators. So you have one, you have two, you have three, you have four, you have five. So these five medications are what we call the bronchodilators. Meaning when the patient has asthmatic attack, when you give this medication, they have to dilate the bronchol. But we cannot serve them at the same time. All of them have different from the play when it comes to asthmatic condition. Whether for this Saba and this lava, the short and long acting, they have two distinct roles to play in asthmatic condition, and that's where I want to understand. Now, for the first one, the Saba, they arrest rapid condition, they, they arrest acute condition, they arrest immediate condition. That's why they are called the short acting beta agonist. Example the other night, I was at work and I had a patient who was calling and the call for help to the crash cart ran to the patient with one little valve or beauty raw in uh, the bar, uh, 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 in the plastic can uh, in a plastic valve we got there we helped the patient out in that situation we had lava long acting medication was available but this patient needs our immediate help he's dying he cannot breathe we cannot take to that patient bedside a long acting medication. Matter of fact, in the ER, you will see the short acting more 
in the long acting. They will put this short acting medication where the, where your hand can reach them easily. Then 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 the long acting medication because the short acting ones are what we need in terms of emergency. We need rapid response for breathing treatment. Will give the short acting. Now, um, the short acting can also prevent exercise-induced asthma. So the short acting can also prevent exercise-induced asthma. Um, then we have the next one, the anti-cholinergic medications. We we'll talk about them just this one time. Uh, you have this example. Look at the example. If you know, look them up and look out the particular nursing intervention for this medication as well as the adverse effect and the common side effect for this class of medications. Now, these medications, um, they block certain pathway that will create um, the airway to, to become dry up. Now, this just can allow us to increase bronchodilation and to decrease pulmonary secretion. Now, this medication are the ones we're talking about. So, just think for example, right? Since this, since the patient is having enough mucus being produced, so when we sell this medication, they stop secretion of mucus. That's why they are called the anti-cholinergic medication. They prevent the production of mucus secretion that will block the airway. Because we say in asthma, there are three things that can happen in asthmatic condition. We have one inflammation, constriction, and mucus secretion. So when we give the patient a beauty raw, it is for bronchodilatation. If we give the patient uh anticholinergic medication like ipratropium, uh, in a sense, it is also helping the bronchial pathway, but it clears the airway by preventing the secretion of mucous membrane along the airway, which will impair breathing pattern. These medications, they are long-acting and can be used to prevent bronchial constriction or bronchospasm. So these ones under here, they are also considered as long-acting and they can be used to prevent bronchospasm. Because when the bronco is stiff, breathing cannot occur along the pathway. Then we have the metazantines. These drugs I will call the metazantines. It is a class of medication. This can also be administered in the case of asthmatic condition. For this metazantine, is what you are calling the aminophilin. So the theophylline aminophilin the four under the metazantines you gotta know these things with your fingertip they are the one that call the metazantine these medications uh they are the one they will reduce uh when you, when 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 they are getting the, these are very narrow medication and that's why in our books we have the therapeutic level for theophylline and you must know your fingertip because if we are administering and, and it goes above a therapeutic level, it becomes toxic. And if it is toxic, it will cause care for the patient. So this medication, you will not see them in the ER like that frequently. They are kept aside. 
they are very powerful they are very dangerous they have a very low therapeutics index their threshold so for that reason they are only a minister if other medication have failed and we never give them directly we got to put it in fluid in huge volume of fluid to administer them like the aminophilin you, you, if you give them there you cannot give it one time you got to give it over five or ten minutes you push it in small small now in america here we don't even push it in we put it in the in, in the fluid and then it passed through So we only give them if other treatments are ineffective. That's when we can administer this metaxanthin because they have a very powerful, they are very powerful medication. They can cause bronchodilatation. When you serve it one time, the patient bronchi will open up wide and they'll breathe one breath and that's it. They are dead and gone. That's why we don't just administer them. We don't just give them. We have to give them under a huge supervision. Then we have the long acting, the lava. The long acting beta agonists are the opposite for the short actings. These long actings, look at the examples and know what they are. Look at two or three examples. Look at the function of this medication on the overall level. Look at these drug side effects, their common adverse effect as long acting medication. What can we do if they are having a problem? Look at those things for this long acting medication. Last day for this long acting medication, they are given to they are used to prevent asthmatic attack. So when we do talk about prevention, meaning you're not having any symptoms, we can administer them when you're going to play soccer, to play other sports to prevent this long acting problem. As some of them you have the, the summit. So you can look, you can look up them. There are different types and different types of this medication coming in different functions. So you gotta look at the specific symptom for this medication. Now I'm I'm gonna go over them, but I want you to go and look at them scaling. Now let's look at the first one, right? So this medication here, this one says anti medication. So what you think would be a common other effect? Dry mouth. Dry, mouth. dry mouth right because it dries up the mucous membrane so it can cause dry mouth. so if it causes dry mouth what can we do for our patient sugarless gum you chew sugarless gum what else do you do ice chips you give ice chips this is how you do it so just as you see them, they just had it can appear. Look at them, read a book, you'll see it, you'll see every everyone the concern point. Look, look at it from there. So if a patient is on a beauty roll, what do you watch out for? A beauty roll can cause tachycardia and tremors. A beauty roll can cause tachycardia and tremors. Look out for that. If a patient is on teophylline, look out for the why. The, to the toxic effect of teosolin. Look out for the toxic effect. And what's the, what's the, what's the normal teosolin level? N to 20. Exactly. N to 20. So once it's above 20, it is toxic. Toxic. And what is the sign of toxic effect of teosolin? What will you see? 
the blood level we monitor the, the blood level okay i mean like what will you see what can you see that they know that they are having a or, or, or that, 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 that they are having toxic effect. Diarrhea. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Uh, heart rate. Diarrhea is one, yes. Heart rate. Know, uh, nausea. Nausea. Trima. Nausea. Uh huh. Anything. Okay, they will have tachycardia. Nausea and diarrhea are the three cardinal signals of theophylline toxic effects. Nausea, diarrhea, tachycardia. Nausea, diarrhea, tachycardia. The inkler will tell you a patient is having asthmatic, uh, who was having asthmatic attack an hour ago in the ER and was treated with theophylline is now complaining of a diarrhea or is having now a, a, a slight diarrhea. What comes to your mind? What will you do first? The blood level. So you see the question come? A patient who was on theophylline, or this patient had diarrhea, the patient had asthmatic attack and was just brought into the ER and was treated with theophylline. While on the unit after four hours, patient started, patient started having increased heart rate. Sometimes they will not give you the word increased heart rate or tachycardia. They will give you patient had the following lab result, the patient had the following assessment. And they will have fast heart rate. They wouldn't say fast heart rate. They will give you a heart rate above 110. 120 heart rate. What comes to your mind? That is tachycardia. Sometimes they will give you an EKG reading for that patient who is on theophylline. And in that reading, when you calculate the heart rate, they will have tachycardia. And they will ask you from the EKG strip that you read as a nurse. What will you do for the patient? What will you anticipate, anticipate that the patient is having? Look at the EKG, look at, uh, look at the EKG reading and know that the patient is having tachycardia and choose that the, the patient is having tofilin to, 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 toxic effect and what can you do about that? You all know the symptoms, know what can be done if the patient has these symptoms. Then, if someone has, um, when a patient is on infratropium, they will have dry mouth, you want to increase fluid intake and report headache, blood vision, and other palpitation the patient is going to have. And report, you, you, you know, report all the toxic effects of this medication. Now, for ipratropium, it has one big toxic effect, which is heart rate. It will have increased heart rate for ipratropium. Now, for samitirol, you want to evaluate to prevent uh, asthmatic attack and not... You want to advise the patient to use, to use, uh, advise the patient to use, to get used to the prevention of the asthma instead of treating the asthma. So once they are having under medication, they want to prevent the asthmatic attack rather than treating it. Um, for okay, so so those are things you want to know about this medication. Then we have the next ones are the anti. The anti-inflammatory medication, anti-inflammatory medication, the anti-inflammatory medication. Now, under here, these ones, there are four types that, that follow these anti-inflammatory medications. These four types are one, corticosteroids. So you have four types. The first one, you have the corticosteroids.
the corticosteroids that's one two you have the leukotriene antagonist the leukotriene leukotriene antagonist three you have the monoclonal antibodies the monoclonal the monoclonal antibiotics the last of these medications is what we call the mast cell stabilizer mast cell stabilizer mast cells now all these medications they are anti-inflammatory medications they all have some anti-inflammatory anti power that they, they that, that they were going to battle with you want to know the example of these medications you want to know what are the common side effects what are the common average effects and what can be done if the patient has these conditions any question any question so we're going to stop here for the day and uh, come back tomorrow